Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on TikTok at hold up podcast. We've got some fun content coming up there that Carrie just told me about and I'm saying it here so that we have to do it. Not what it is because we'll surprise you, but it'll be fun. Um, And that's all the social media we are active on. (laughs) Carrie, what did we watch this week? We watched License to Wed. Which came out, I think, in like 2007-ish. It came out in 2007. I I don't know anything. Well, it stars Robin Williams, John Krasinski, and Mandy Moore. It is not Um, Robin Williams' last role, thank God. Thank God. I did wonder that. His last Um, role was like Night at the Museum 2 or 3. Great. I feel like that's a better way to go out. Anything would have been, I mean, like truly anything would have been a better way to go out than this movie. Um, I don't remember like the writers or the director. I know that the director was an office director, which I looked up because every third actor in this movie was a member of the office cast. It's also 2007, so of course. And the director was right. a man named Ken Quapas, who did direct many, many episodes of, many good episodes of The yeah. Office. So what went wrong here? I'm not um, sure it was the directing. I don't think the directing was our issue, if we're being honest. I think this I don't was know that we're going to be able to pinpoint one issue because, my God, there are so many. It was written by Kim Baker, Tim Rasmussen, and Vince D'Amelio, Dim- but I don't think he's related to the So one of those people also wrote All About Steve. Like, their only two writing credits are this and All About Steve. Which and I one? just wild that that's your legacy but i mean the problem is this is giving me a and ptp reason to not pay us you know <laughs> allison <laughs> like you're right we don't deserve money <laughs> this could have been you know what this could have been written by ai this is this, this is what's point. gonna you know right, right i'm gonna switch the narrative this is what's gonna happen when everything is written by ai yes is I this think what like you want? a woman came up with the concept of this movie and then a, this is my theory. This is not actually what happened, but I think a woman came up with the concept of this movie and then two men took over and made it bad. <laughs> so it's uh-huh. men's fault. Um, hang on, I just gotta jog my memory with, you know, it's been a whole 24 hours since I've watched this. <laughs> She's stupid and John Krasinski sucks is just a note I have at one point. <laughs> I uh, we'll get into it, but like, not a likable person character in the bunch. was awful. Not a likable character in the bunch. Not one person to oh, root for. I'm I was rooting like, for why are one. we? Why are you marrying this man? He sucks. Big Cubs fan energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, like, like big Wrigley bro douche energy. Could not be bothered to do anything that like his fiance was requesting of him that, be, that she expressed was important to her i get it's not your thing but like you're marrying this woman and she says that's important to her and you are have a stick up your butt the whole fucking time sir Carrie, what is this movie about what is the very believable concept of this movie so i'm not even sure right because like the ending makes no sense but there's no, no they just decide to forgive each other. No one, no one does anything to earn the other one's love or trust. But also, like, this was Robin Williams' plan the whole time. I don't know, it's not clear. Anyway, okay, so John Robin Williams, a mon- more, who is also a monster in this movie, has a plan. Yes. I don't buy it. Right. John Krasinski and Mandy Moore are engaged. They are getting, they want to get married, or she wants to get married at like her childhood church. And 
where her sister didn't get married and that's why her sister got a divorce that and she's severe um the pastor is robin williams he has implemented a premarital program counseling program counseling at one point i was like what religion is this because like catholics already have this like he i think he it was like they were like episcopalian like they were protestant well, and he wears but the he wears a I'm collar, but he wears a collar, Reverend. and he does have a young child following him around in a Which, way that maybe, inexplicably and so uncomfortable. Like you should yes. not be you, a member of the cloth, should not be in a van late at night alone with a child. No, and nobody seems concerned. So I don't, I don't think that it was Catholicism because. A, he had been married at one point, which like comes out later. And they and call him B, like Reverend or Pat. Like they yes, change it and up. They keep he's a minister. Reverend he's a, a reverend. He's a pastor. No one ever calls him a priest. Also, like the Catholic Church has had a premarital program that's required. Like you cannot get married in the Catholic Church unless you complete it. You married Catholic? Decades. Did you do it? No, because we didn't get married in the church. I thought you. I thought they. I thought they made you go to a priest and get at real married. He did. He like blessed our marriage, but he was like a liberal priest who was like doing Debbie a favor and basically was like sign of the cross. You're now married in the church. And he like so. Do you celebrate your anniversary on the day of that or on the day you got married by our bisexual pagan aunt? By that day, I don't even remember the date of like our Catholic blessing. But regardless, my point being that. It couldn't be Catholic because him being like, oh, I just designed this program doesn't make any sense because in the Catholic Church for decades, you've had to do a program if you want to get married in the Catholic Church. Anyway, so he like puts like puts them through all these challenges. Yeah, it's like if marriage was the which, amazing like, race. It's not sort of like let's it's not like I've always imagined pre-wedding counseling, sacred or secular to be like let's talk about like do you both agree on the amount of children and do you both agree on like where you're gonna live and do you what's your communication style and how do you how do you navigate uh disagreements and think like just sort of like normal couples counseling to best set up a pair of people so you don't get into it and once you're engaged and someone says they want four kids and someone says they want two kids which is a thing that happens in this movie which is crazy because you would have had that convert i guess not i guess maybe some people don't but you should have that conversation yes before you um, together so jeff and i are premarital counseling dropouts because um the she therapist told you you had to do more of the emotional labor and the therapist told me i'd always be responsible for the emotional labor and i and her like two things that i was just like i'm out was like uh you will always do the emotional labor and you guys don't cuddle enough and ew how much do you cuddle and how'd she know we were just talking about like our intimacy and like I think it I mean this is like way too too much information but like join our Patreon this is the kind of conversation you get all the time but here's a little sneak peek Carrie tell us about your marital intimacy I think we were like maybe in a bit of a dry spell or something and like we were talking to the therapist about it and she was like well like do you guys like are you physically affectionate each other like outside of the bedroom or whatever and I was like well like when we're sitting watching TV on the couch like the dog is like usually in between us and so like we're not physically affectionate and she was fucking appalled she was appalled that we like allowed the dog to be between us on the couch it's ailey's couch it's ailey's and house then, it's 
Ely was there first. I mean, I don't, how's this should revolve around before <gasps> speaking before of Ben Jeff. told me the other day he was like because we were sitting as you described on the couch him on one side me and the other Iggy in the middle and he like had his and he had his hand on and was petting Iggy and he's like you know what's kind of weird is like when he's sitting with us like I'm constantly petting him and I don't feel like you are and I was like the judgment he's my cat Sir. he's my cat like. I give him all the love, attention, and affection he needs. I tell him he's the best, most handsome boy all the time. I tell him he's never going to do anything wrong. I, I tell him he's perfect. Like, are you, do you want to, is it your cat now? What? Uh, I'm a perfect, are you criticizing my mothering skills? Truly. Oh, you, oh you've lived are with you, him for five months mom and you've him a like, couple times and now you're the, I, <clears throat> anyway. Right. Then we got into a huge fight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Jeff and I, Jeff and I dropped out of of that counseling because we did not get married in the Catholic Church. We did not have to do pre-Cana. Um, as a name. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know. But yes, I I understand premarital counseling to be very, even pre-Cana to be very similar to what you're describing. A lot of like ch- spending time together, like with conversation prompts to make sure you're on the same page on things and like I I, even my like more liberal Catholic friends who have gotten married in the Catholic Church have said like yeah there's stuff that you just kind of are like okay okay Catholics um but that a lot of it is very helpful because it does force you to have you know to just sort of like check in with each other and like make sure you're on the same page it is not this what happens in this movie is not what my this understanding of any premarital counseling, including religious premarital counseling, looks a like. A priest reverend run amok. He literally, there are no consequences for this, literally bugs their apartment so he can make sure they're not having sex. Also, they're like, the church is like, you can get married two years from now or three weeks from there. And they're like, we couldn't possibly wait two years because we have to start having our two to four children immediately. So I guess we'll get married in three weeks. And then he's like, okay, you can't have sex until your wedding night, which first of all, like, I, I think it was like, how are you going to enforce that? And the answer is he's going to bug their apartment, which right. he never then faces any consequences for illegally bugging these two people. But I digress. Um, but also then John Krasinski is like impossible. And it's like, bro, it's three weeks. Like, really? You can manage. First of all, like have sex if you want to have sex. Don't let a reverend tell you when to not have sex or not. But then when Mandy Moore is like, no, I think we should try blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I will die. It's like, I don't think you will. This is what I was saying earlier. Like every time this woman is like, hey, here's a thing that's important to me. He's like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And the I'm best like, example, I- the best example of that what? was her being like, it's important to me. Uh, the, the the religious elder has told us that maybe you should ask your partner what they want in bed. And this is news to him. He's like, <laughs> who knew? Poor Emily Blunt. And she's like, yeah, actually, I would like it if you asked me what I wanted in bed because uh, you never do. And so therefore it's not satisfying, which also like, babe, 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 then why are you marrying him? Um, Right. But also he was like, oh, you just think I'm boring in bed. And I was like, I would kill him. I'd kill this man in his sleep. He literally was like this, this middle-aged pastor is the first man who's ever asked me what I want in bed. And I They did have a very weird scene where they were like role-playing with like the, this is after Robin Williams, the middle-aged pastor has stopped, has come to the apartment in the middle of the night because they were about to have sex. Uh And he's like, can't have it. I'm out here in a van with a child. I got to stop this. (laughs) Right. That's, Um, you're right. What you're doing is inappropriate. (laughs) 
Um, and then like he and Mandy Moore start to like have a conversation as if Robin Williams is John Krasinski. So then she's like talk kind of like sexy talking to her childhood pastor. And I was like, I I want to bury you all alive. Like or myself. Like any way problem. to get out of this. Here's the other problem with like all of these setups. Because the movie is just like essentially like broad comedy setup after broad comedy setup, none of which land. And part of the problem is probably like one of the biggest problems is that you hired Robin Williams and you didn't let him Robin Williams. No, it felt like he was following a script, which isn't what I want for my Robin Williams. It felt like he was following a script. It felt like somebody like put him on a leash and was like, don't go to, don't go to Robin Williams in this. And I was like, if you're going to do this like weird, absurd premise with these big, broad comedy setups, let Robin Williams be Robin Williams. Like, but also, then they hired team here for. They hired John Krasinski and Mandy Moore to be like the straight people, but then also gave them silly, goofy things to do. And it's like they either need, first of all, you either need to hire like broad comedians to play those part because, well, I like John Krasinski and Mandy Moore. That's not their shtick. They are right, but or you need to let them like be the straight people, and by make her the straight person, I don't just make her like nagging wife. Right. It and then occasionally we threw in like other members of the office cast to like do things funny. Yes, Mindy Kaling was the had one scene where you couldn't really see her because they were up on a roof with his his best friend, a man who hated his wife and children and tried desperately to never be around them or to do anything or to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And then gives John Krasinski like perfect like bad advice because he's a bad father and a bad person and I hated him. And we're like, and then the whole time I was like, why is John Krasinski, this man we're supposed to be rooting for, friends with this awful man who's who is a bad husband and father? Yes. I will say one one bright like thing bright side of this movie that came out is I we did get to see Mindy Kaling's original face, which I miss. Oh, I miss I mean, it. I, I miss, miss it her so cute much. her cute face and her button nose and yeah. Cause now she's got and like her bright happy cheeks pre-ozempic it's like pre she doesn't she didn't have ozempic face yet she didn't have too much plastic surgery yet i miss it allegedly allegedly Mm -hmm. yeah um also like the two funniest characters in this movie are kevin and angela i don't know their real names um uh her name is angela her name is not angela angela kinsey not her yes angela kinsey is in this movie rachel harris who's not an Kevin, office actress who's not an office actor but is a delightful comedic actress kevin whose name i don't know but i'm sure you're gonna tell me brian Baumgartner. yes and rachel harris played a couple in the like group counseling um like couple group couple counseling thing that john krasinski and manny moore have to do um and they were like some of the funny like because those are two people who have excellent comedic timing. And so, like, even when what they were saying was stupid, then I had moments of just being like, these two people are funny. Even when every single one of his jokes was how he wanted to eat. No, yeah, that was stupid as fuck. To be fair, um, I say this as an office, Dan. It's a lot of what we give Kevin. Yes. You go back and well, you watch The Office and you go back and you watch Parks and Rec. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And we have some issues with fat people yeah, um, yeah. maybe yeah. Retta is the exception but I think that might be more to 
Retta's credit than anyone in there. I think like if that was played by a different actress, a different fat actress, we would have gotten a different, more uh, stereotypical character. And I think like a lot of, I would imagine a lot of Retta's Parks and Recness is because of who she is as an actress. So much of The Office is making fun of Kevin for being fat. And a lot of the time- Kevin- Jerry and Scully all serve the same purpose. Yes. Well, and even in the office, you have Kevin, you have Phyllis, you have Stanley. They all get fat jokes made about them. And a lot of time it's from Michael. So a lot of times it's like the perspective is like Michael sucks. And often it's not. Right. I digress. One day I will write a long essay about the fat and diabetes jokes in the Mike Sure universe. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I would like a shirt that says diabetes, let's diabetes this, which is a joke from Parks and Rec in an otherwise pretty problematic diabetes episode. <laughs> but I do want that shirt. Um, um, anyway. Yeah, yes, no, Ryan I'm Bob saying Barker that, like, is very funny. And I did like a lot of what he was doing because he's very funny. And also I was like, oh, it's 2007 and Fat Man just wants to eat potato skins. Yeah. I'm not saying that like the comedy that they were given was always funny, but I do. It was feel never like- funny. There isn't a joke in this movie. A good joke in this movie. Those two were sort of like a bright spot of like, oh, here's like funny people delivering lines well. Yes. Because even Robin Williams, I mean, Robin Williams is like undisputedly maybe the funniest person of our generation. And we have- Greatest actor of our generation. Like- Right. We, when we have gone on record on this podcast when we did Birdcage and something else, what else did we do? With Robin Williams? I don't know. With Robin Williams. Anyway. Mrs. Doubtfire? Can't we do Mrs. Doubtfire? What if we just talked about Mrs. Doubtfire right now instead of this movie? Is it a rom-com? Anyway. um, He was so deeply unfunny because he was holding back on all his natural comedic instincts in a way that was painful to watch. Like, literally painful to watch. The first, his, like, introductory scene, they, like, walk in and he's, like, teaching Sunday school or something. And he's, like, sort of Robin Williamsing men. He's, like, doing, he's, like, getting them to guess the commandments in a, like, um, family feud style, kind of. And it's, it, and it's clear that he's improvising. I cannot believe any of those lines were written. It's clear that he's, like, improvising. And, and you're, like, oh, okay, we're easing into the Robin Williams. And then it goes away. <laughs> we never get I it. had... That scene gave me such high hopes. I went into this movie knowing that it has a, I think, 7%, 7% on, Rotten, on Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. I think this may be the lowest Rotten Tomatoes movie we've ever done. I and think we unlike, did a four. I think un- because I said so was a four. Okay, fair enough. Unlike Tomatoes hates me anymore. Um, Practical Magic, this one isn't accepted. Like, I, I understand the 7%. Um. So I went into this movie expecting it to be bad. That scene gave me such a glimmer of hope where I was like, even if nothing else works about this movie, at least I'll get to see like some Robin Williams comedy. And then that scene was literally the funniest. That was it. That was the fun. That was all we got. The, the best moment we had from him. It was at the beginning and we never saw Robin Williams style comedy ever again in this movie. It was wild. It was, I could not believe what I was watching. Um, yeah, it was so bad. It was Why so bad. Why would you cast Robin Williams in a comedy and then not allow him to be funny? 
Why it, did he, I, why did he agree to it? I, great question. I, like, how much do they pay him? Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you can't plan a wedding in three weeks. And also, like, the thing that bugged me is like, I guess like some people can. Someone's gonna come on. Someone's gonna be like, I planned my wedding in three weeks, and it's like amazing, good for you. The, you then see them go through all the like traditional wedding planning stuff. And we're supposed to buy that it's happening in three weeks. It's like, one, don't you have jobs? She runs her own business, Flowers by Sadie, because she's not creative. So she needs the, someone was like, "Me, call her flower shop Flowers by Sadie and we'll come up with a better name later. And then we forgot. Like, neither of them are going to work. They're just like doing normal wedding planning things without anyone ever being like, we have to do everything faster because you're mm-hmm. getting married in three weeks. Like, mm-hmm. you you actually can't you have to like buy a dress off the rack you can't have it custom fit to you um mm-hmm. and also the dress you chose is very ugly um you can't also the registering for gift scenes like i i love that in an old early like late 90s early aughts movie which is just like correct me if i'm wrong not something anyone does anymore you don't walk around the stores with the gun anymore because it's all online. oh i did <gasps> thank god I, it's my dream to do that although one of the places where i walked around with the gun was bed bath and beyond r.i.p so you know um we did have at one point i wrote down holy gender roles batman because while they're registering for gifts first of all he's always like i don't want to take care of the children you do it because they have to watch mindy kaling's kids inexplicably and then also they have these two robo babies that gave that haunted my nightmares um and he doesn't know how to or want to take care of children and then as they're registering for gifts he like runs off and like scans the tvs and the sports stuff and uh not the china it's just like oh my god um yeah also that scene here's the here's the other thing is like none of it none of the broad comedy was like carried through right like yeah this setup where like they're in macy's registering for their wedding and they have two robot babies and two toddlers on leashes and like and then we didn't deliver on like this setup of they like, don't like have- destroy I guess they do end up in Macy's jail because he is like beating the robo baby and they worry it's a real baby. But you're right, like the two toddlers don't really cause any destruction. Right. Like there's all these storyline setups. That's this was my second biggest complaint. My first biggest complaint in this movie is you didn't let Robin Williams Robin Williams. My second biggest complaint is you set up multiple like a like comedic set pieces and or storylines that then you never deliver on. Right. Like she has a best friend who's a man and we get like a, you know, sort of classic, like, is he more than that? Is he in love with her? I was like, oh, obviously Carlisle's in love with Mandy Moore and that. And at one point he's going to be like, but like he never marry talks. me, not John Krasinski. We don't it ever see them like interact. Thing. And like at one point, John Krasinski's like jealous of it, but rather than like what it should be, what it should have been written like was like John Krasinski's jealous of it. And she's like, you're crazy. And you just don't think that like straight men and straight women can be friends. And you're like, it's sexist and aggressive and blah, 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 blah. And then at one point he's right. He finds out that like Carlisle, what I thought it was going to be was that like Carlisle is hired or paying off this priest to ruin the wedding, which would make it make sense. And it's nothing. I was like, he's nothing. Needs... Eric it's, Olson it's like has trying like to be like, oh, because... yeah, it was trying to be like, oh, men and women actually can be friends, and Carlisle's just a nice guy, which like, okay, but also, but, but even that you're not didn't paying flush it out. off then, you didn't and then like any of it, and also then John Krasinski just also, is Milton Kirkage's husband, who's 
the woman who plays Millicent Gergich on Parks and Rec. Oh, see, now we're back to Parks and Rec. Is married to that man in real life. I was like, the fuck is Millicent Gergich? Christy Brinkley and Jerry's daughter. Um, yeah, I don't know her real name. But anyway, in real life, she's married to the guy who played Carlisle. Amazing. It also then just make like, if it was that Mandy Moore was like, John Krasinski, you're just being sexist. I'm allowed to have a male best friend. But then like the male best friend was actually in love with her. Then John Krasinski's jealousy would be justified and less sexist. Instead, he's just sexist. Instead, he just sucks. Yes. Like, if you give his paranoia, like, legitimacy and that this man actually is in love with her and John Krasinski sees it and Mandy Moore doesn't, okay. Instead, it's just like, oh, he's just a piece of shit person. Right. And and Carlisle, like, doesn't ever have a purpose. Again, yeah, I was like, she should run off of Carlisle. Setting- he's listening to her more. <laughs> we keep setting up all the... Oh, because, like, ultimately what comes out is that, like, she goes to Carlisle like for his opinion and like to solve her problems she doesn't rely on john krasinski and i'm like okay that's an interesting storyline and an interesting thing to address in a premise about premarital counseling but i didn't get that that was the setup until there was 10 minutes left in this movie john krasinski's mad about it fighting at their rehearsal dinner i did say like if you're fighting at the rehearsal you shouldn't get married so i'm no longer rooting not that i ever was but i don't know i was mad at jeff at our rehearsal why tell me and everyone um fight in the middle of it oh no no um why were you mad at driving your rehearsal because because you were stressed or was it real both i mean both he in like true jeff fashion was like so excited that like all of his best friends were there and his family was there that like i couldn't get his like unfocused self to focus on the rehearsal and to like do the things that I needed him to do and then he just like kept being like like flitting off with his best friends and I was like sir I need you to do some things here what wasn't he doing what was on his list I genuinely don't even remember at this maybe if you had had a different counselor (laughs) and suggested that the emotional labor was your (laughs) you were responsible for all of that maybe maybe it's her fault um I will say maybe the premarital counseling did work because when we did walked out of the session where she told me that um, I would likely be the one handling most of the emotional labor and I should just get used to it. Um, when we left that session, before I said anything, Jeff said, so we're not going back, right? <laughs> so again, was he uh, crit- critical of her? Or was he just trying to get out of the premarital counseling? No, no. he was. He was like, I'm not sure that that's the right therapist for us. And I was like, you don't fucking say. Um, So at least it like showed me that I had a partner who got it. Um, But anyway. uh, What was I saying? Something about, oh, fighting at the rehearsal. Oh, just that like, I, the, the conflicts like literally come out of nowhere. Like, I'm just like, I don't, nothing was developed nowhere the resolution was like she gets rightfully mad at him because he is so focused on taking down this reverend that he doesn't do anything to help with the wedding they have in three weeks including like write his vows 
he like breaks into Robin Williams house and discovers that he was married before. And then Robin Williams is like, yeah, I married a woman because she was a refugee. So I married to help her children, which also it's like, okay, like I mean, like we paid off nothing. It was sort of like a kind of a anticlimactic moment. You find out John Krasinski's like, because the other part about it is like, it's supposed to just be that like, Oh, Robin Williams is actually this like good noble, like reverend, but he bugged their house and he's stalking them. So I'm not like, I'm not being like, again, it would be better if John Krasinski kept finding little clues that he had done all these things. And then it turned out he was wrong. Like he thinks he's bugged the house, but really he hasn't. And he like, you, you set up that John Krasinski is just paranoid and the priest is, or the pastor is like a good person. And then, flip it on its head instead it's being like oh he did do this really terrible thing but also we're trying to believe that he's just like a good well-meaning reverend i don't buy it anyway what was i saying um oh you like discover that he was married to this woman and then it's just like oh yeah but he did it for noble reasons and so she's mad at john krasinski because he's hasn't shown up for her or their wedding at all and calls off the wedding and then before he even like shows up on the honeymoon trip she took with her family to like apologize she has forgiven him like he doesn't even have to earn back her forgiveness she's just sort of like oh no because her family was like you fucked up too and she's like oh maybe i have which Which, like fine well right how but also like i don't mind the storyline of like two people participate in the implosion of a relationship like very rarely are those things one-sided right like yeah fine i'm fine with that i'm fine with like a joint groveling resolution situation but like again we didn't flush out what she did that she's mad up like that he's mad about i don't yeah he's mad that she like goes to carlisle for uh advice and stuff on the wedding which like okay you're not helping and you don't seem interested in or involved right. in any way so why the fuck would she come to you he's mad that she thinks he's boring in bed okay ask your fiance what she likes in bed like like everything he's mad at her about is comes back around to being a him problem yes it feels like men wrote this men movie wrote this. yeah and like here's what women do wrong and it's like i'm like what you're also, complaining about women doing wrong is ways in which you aren't communicating or listening to your partner and then expecting her to just let you not listen like it, it's just sort of like I just, it's the it's the old school man thing of like I just want to live my life and I want a woman who's okay with that rather than like we both need to learn and grow and adapt mm-hmm. together as a couple I just want the cool girl who's fine to let me watch right. sports and play with my shitty friend and do and get myself off in bed like okay cool holy gender rolls batman also like the the blow up ostensibly like at the rehearsal is about the fact that he hasn't written his vows and then like when they're like resolving it she's like he's like i'm sorry i didn't write my vows and i'm like i don't i don't feel like this fight's really about the vows like personally and maybe there are probably other people who feel differently, but like, I was not all that concerned with the fact that Jeff hadn't written his vows yet. Like, I just. It's also like, cause I, he's I not going to get like up that. there and be like, oh shit. Like the worst case scenario is you wing it and it's a little like off the right. cuff, I also, guess. Also like Which maybe like- I'm projecting cause like I didn't write my vows to the last minute, but that's cause I'm a procrastinator. So Ugh, I. That you are. You are. Hold please. 
you're mad I called you a procrastinator. No, no, I'm a, I I am. What was I gonna say? You're a procrastinator. Oh, just like this whole the last minute. Yeah, like about the vows, like just was really weird. Like I was just like, why are we focused on the vows? Even eat like there wasn't even like. Uh, it wasn't really about the vows moment. It was about all this other shit. It's so it she like, can say like, if you had spent as much time writing, working on your vows as you could, like trying to take down our pastor, like I wrote it down because it doesn't make any sense. She says, "Hold, please." She says, "If you spent the time on your vows, you spent on the investigation, even of the priest, even though we've just shown that his investigation sucked because he didn't have any of the facts correct. He literally like broke into the house once. So it's also so he didn't spend that much time on the investigation. Like if he'd spent any time on the investigation, he would have figured out the truth. Also there's like, this again, moment this of make like any sense. there's this moment of like him and the best friend being like we've searched and searched and searched and can't find nothing and his shitty best friend is like we have to keep trying and then a second later they find something and it was like I don't feel like you guys were doing any work before. <laughs> like like where have you looked? Again, if, like this another thing of like I don't feel like this Everyone's like, you spent so much time on this investigation. Okay, but you didn't figure out the truth. And the little bit of the truth you did figure out, it seems to have taken you a long time. And it wasn't until like like after a montage of you looking and not finding anything, and your friend was like, maybe Google his name. And then we found like what have you been doing that you didn't think to Google his name until your dumbass friend was like, Google his name. I just your dumbass pedophile friend because at one yes. point okay so at some point it's implied that john krasinski is a basketball coach question mark and right. his friend I is don't... there at the where he's coaching ostensibly teenagers and he's like why aren't the cheerleaders practicing and i was like because why do you care they're because they're children i wrote it down mm-hmm. he said where are the cheerleaders so about about high schoolers you're a grown-ass man those are high school students there's Between so that much. and the small child following the not priest around, I was like, who's writing this movie? <laughs> I We need to get the spotlight people in here right now. We needed to get Rachel McAdams. We need to get Brian Darcy James. We need to get whoever else was in that movie spotlight in there to do the work. Who the fuck was in Mark Ruffalo? Who was in spotlight? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I saw it once and fell asleep. Anyway, we needed them in there. We needed Meryl Streep and Viola Davis in doubt. We needed people there investigating because there was an untoward shit happening mm-hmm. this child's parents that they were like sure hang out with reverend frank that seems fine he's in the ministers of tomorrow program this <laughs> all of the fucking republicans worried about indoctrination and people their kids i want them they need to be on this situation they need to be in the ministers of tomorrow programs across america because that sounds fucked up as shit yes um at one point, this is going to sound like I have a problem with the word midget, which isn't even the point. At one point, John Krasinski asks Mandy Moore, ostensibly asking if she wants to have sex with him, if she would like to walk the midget. Sure. Use of the word midget aside. The the fuck? First of all, what are you even asking for? Is that a hand job? Because no. And also like. Not if that's the way you ask me. I'm not doing anything. Also, why don't you just say sex like an adult or, I don't know, like, start doing things for her? I mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to – I don't ever want to hate John Krasinski this the, the point, The point that I was just, like, done with John Krasinski's character – and the, the, the reason I lasted as long as I did is because it's John Krasinski, right? Like, John Krasinski's face tricks us all into thinking, like, he's innocuous. 
affable, but, which is what her dad at one point is described right. as Sadie's which affable boyfriend. Also, as a, an aside, stop Hollywood. Stop making affable golden retriever men into action heroes. We don't need it. I don't need John Krasinski to be Jack Ryan. Stop making don't. affable golden retriever men who were discovered in a Mike Sure TV show and into brought to fame into action heroes and slash Republicans. We don't know that John Krasinski is a Republican. Sure. I have my concerns. Sure. He has Republic. Although in this movie he had Republican energy because he has Wrigleyville Cubs fan energy, which yes. to me is not dissimilar from Republican energy. Right. And that all of you are more okay with sexual assault than I want you to be. You know. Yeah. Um. My point being, stop doing it. Stop. I don't need you yeah. to, to be jacking up these these funny golden retriever men. But that was not my point. My point was, what was my point? Hold on. What were we talking about? oh the the moment where i was finally done with john krasinski is that like it they're in their group counseling class and the men are supposed to be dancing i don't remember what the point is there isn't it's, it's like, in a montage and it isn't explained the men are just but it's very, dancing but it's like very very like innocent dancing like the, and he's mad about it and i was like why are you mad about dancing once again like this is, and Mandy Moore's there, like, saying, like, oh, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're doing this. And he's, like, grouchy about it. And I'm just, like, I, somebody smack this man. Yeah, like, why isn't he any fun? Like, why can't you put on a hula skirt and dance? Yeah, or just, like, suck it up because your partner said that it was important to her. I think the point of that scene yeah, was to yeah. put Brian Baumgartner in a hula skirt and have him dance. I think it was, I think it absolutely. was underlying fat phobia is, like, let's watch sure. the fat man dance. Sure. Um, no, uh, absolutely. But I'm just saying, Ben sucks. Ben sucks. His name is Ben. Yeah. I also, ben right after that, I have a note that says, why are you mad at that cartoon? What What does that mean? No, I don't remember. Or were they watching cartoons at some point? I have no idea. I mean, they must have been. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what that note means. Why are you mad at that cartoon? I don't know. Um. Okay. These two should not get married. No one is a good person. Oh. With their first like group counseling class, she was like, "Oh, we've never had a fight." And I was like, "I laugh." <laughs> She'd be my nemesis. She's You're like not my better laboring... than me. She's like my birthing class nemesis, who was like, "I fucking love pregnancy. It's so great. I haven't changed my lifestyle at all. I just feel really great." That those those women are the same. Also, women the reason... in birthing classes who say they love pregnancy, and women in group marital counseling classes who say they've never had a fight. Same, same also energy. women or anyone who says they've never had a fight with their partner it's because you're not talking to them it's because you're actively it, i now i have now been in a relationship for a year and a half which means i'm an expert if you have not had an argument with your partner it's because you're not communicating your wants needs or feelings with them and you are actively avoiding a fight and i know that because my first instinct is when i am frustrated uh, anxious or upset in any way to be like I just won't bring it up because it'll cause an argument and that is not the correct way to do it the correct way is to bring it up and then argue lovingly and respectfully yes I again big expert and even maybe moments- but like we've never had a fight I like if you say like I don't think Ben and I have ever good Ben real human Ben not shit Ben of this movie I don't think Ben and I have ever yelled at each other I don't think we've ever like like maybe maybe that's what she meant but we've definitely argued and and we've definitely had fights like but those two things are not 
that's not what that means. And I think I've definitely yelled at Jeff. Like, I mean, that's like, I we've had, I mean, we've been married for almost seven years. What did we get married? Almost six years. Seven. So we've been together almost eight, almost nine years. Oh boy. Um, so like we've had fights, we've had ugly fights, not physical, but like ugly. And, but part of it is like, you, you apologize, you work through it. Like, yeah. again, like you're saying like, like, then you're not saying the things that need to be said. Are there better ways to say them than the way I've chosen to sometimes? Sure. For sure. But yeah, I think that I think what I meant to say by that is like, there are healthy, productive ways to fight. Sure. If you're, but if you are saying we don't fight, uh, you're either lying or holding a shit ton of stuff in. And that's like, or, or which is also kind of implied in this movie, but again, nothing's really developed is like, you've not been together long enough, right? Like you haven't been together enough to like be through some shit that tests your relationship yeah. and see if you guys can like be there for each other and make it through. They don't say how long they've been together, but in the beginning we get this montage of like meeting, falling in love, like blah, blah, blah. And it isn't right. implied that it's super. I did want to be like, where are? Oh, because the they move in together and then six months later they're engaged, which mm-hmm. I was like, that seems too fast. I feel like give yourself a full year living in that house together. Yeah, I, I that's uh, you know that's everyone's different. That's my personal like live together for a year because a lot of stuff happens when you live with a person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so maybe it's like they just haven't been together that long. I also just feel like these two people are bad at communicating and never again. I think the if this movie had been well written, the thing they would have been like, well, we never fight. And then Robin Williams would have found some way to show them like, oh, that's because you're not communicating your feelings with each other. And then they do that and then they fight. And then the response is like, good job. Right. You're supposed to do that. Right. You're supposed to. Uh, you know apologize and work through it and figure out what you each could be doing differently to avoid this in the future but you're supposed right. to do that maybe should we become relationship counselors should we start doing this should we start having like a premarital program for people that you and i do we should we should i'm gonna We're need charge, a career soon charging people an absurd amount of money um yeah, there was a lot of like, uh, there was a line in this, husbands will do anything for appetizers and beer. So will I. Are you offering me appetizers and beer? Like, I, I, okay, what do you need me no, to do? No, Carrie, only men drink beer and like food. Women are not allowed to eat food because we have to keep our dainty figures. And beer has calories. I was telling somebody the other day that I will DNF a romance. If you tell me on more than one time DNF how much- do not finish for the non-book talk girls. Yes. That if you tell me if multiple times from his point of view, I get some variation of I love that she eats, I'm out. We're done. I love we're that done. she does the basic human thing you need to do. To we're stay done. Alive. Um, giving I must... not like energy, and I do not want it. I I will also DNF for not like other girls' energy. I fucking hate that shit. Okay, sorry, once... that was an aside. I had that conversation the other day. No care. I once dated a man who told me he liked that I didn't exercise, and it, we were young, but it was very much a you're not like other girls thing. I was like, I just don't like to move my body. And it's not. I read a book recently where like, she has a full on monologue where she's like, no, I am like other girls. No, like 
like I'm exactly like other no, girls. And I was like, you're my favorite character. Ever. Also, I say that now, like I just came back from the gym. Look how strong my arms are. Yeah. Um, I do like to exercise. I just didn't at 22 because I liked to drink beer and sit around. And because we were young, the guy was like, oh, not like other girls, soulmate. Turns out um, I am very much like other. I'm not a unique or interesting person. (laughs) I am very much like other girls. I like a good smelling candle and pumpkin spice. In fact, I'm going to Target today to pick up some sugar-free pumpkin spice. Mm -hmm. Not creamer. Syrup. Do you want to hear something disgusting? Always. Um, So Jeff went to Target the other day to get us a second fan because... It was so hot and the air conditioning to our second floor, like just decides it's not going to work when it gets that hot. And I was out of, um, like, I don't know what you call it. Like the makeup cleansing balm stuff that like melts away the makeup. Take the day um, off. Yes. But like not Clinique. So anyway, Jeff picked it up for me. Um, when he went to get the fan, he brought it back the next day. I like open it up and it's been used. You and I was like to target they'll they'll change yeah, that no, right out for you but I was like Jeff did one of the kids get into this and he's like no I put it there when I got home I don't think it's like been moved it means someone and at target like, like wanted to know what it felt like so they like opened it took a scoop they like used it as a tester when it wasn't a yes. tester or maybe was like, it was and Jeff accidentally grabs the tester I don't know but you think no, it, didn't, a sticker it wasn't on marked it. a tester I did say to Jeff I was like okay next time like it'll have a sticker that like like it doesn't have like the clothing sticker. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, the little stickers yeah. so you can tell if it's been opened. Yeah, yeah someone yeah. thought they were at a clinic and that was the testing balm, and then they decided they didn't like it and they put it back, and then Jeff purchased it and brought it home to you. You need to take that back to Target. You need to tell them, and they'll do a little but slap skis. I was literally like, I was like, well, gross. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, um, her family sucks right also yes her family sucks let's get into that but an aside note why the fuck did you hire christine taylor and then not do anything not have her do anything just to be severe divorced sister that's the other thing is divorced women are bitter like, and severe. christine taylor again Nothing. like you hired a comedian and then didn't let her comedy not a choice was made in this movie that made sense carrie but the part of the problem is they wrote a movie that isn't funny you know well, sure sure so you hire all these that. people who are funny and then they're not funny right um also it's wild to me i was watching this movie again christine taylor doesn't get to do anything but it's really wild her to family me that, shit on her for being divorced at one point um, poor Lindsay, like jesus that she never had her own rom-com era and i kind of feel like we should remedy that like we should give her like a you know later in life rom-com era because sure. she always was playing the best friend and like Christine Taylor she's doesn't have she has she has main character energy. Who's the romantic lead in Zoolander? Sure, but I want her to like I want it to be her movie, her vehicle, you know, sure. not like you know, Ben oh. Stiller's, you know. If I don't if the strike ever ends and I don't have to find a new career, maybe I'll write the Christine Taylor rock. Maybe it'll be Christine Great. Taylor and Judy Greer slutting it up. Love it. Love it. Instead of another season of just like that, could we get that show? I want that show instead of let them have and just like that and i'll write this one great i like the people who are like it's this and just like that is the worst show ever made i will watch it until i die right um i I haven't been watching season i I haven't been watching season two but i have been listening to podcast recaps of it 
because I want to know. Um, I got it. Okay. In, in, in an abusive relationship with him, just like that. It's true. Um, no, her family sucks. And like at his, it's like the movie star. He proposes, John Krasinski proposes as her parents' like 40th wedding anniversary, which, first of all, like proposing on someone else's day is sociopath behavior. It's someone else's wedding. It's someone else's birthday. It's someone else's party. Taking the attention away from somebody else's celebration to propose to your girlfriend is uh, monstrous and should be punishable by jail. Um, When I reform the prison system, crimes are going to be different. It's going to be like, did you propose at someone else's engagement party? Right to jail. Straight to jail. No bail. Do not pass go. It's you're in. Um, But then also like her father gives this speech that's awful where he's like you know our our older daughter uh, is going through it and we're so proud of her for being such a fuck up mean divorced woman and our other daughter mandy moore is dating this piece of shit guy that all seems fine and it's like she gives a speech where i'm like what like these people suck and then they're also like deeply codependent on each other like i was like all go on her honeymoon together? together yeah with carlisle Yes. It makes no sense. It makes none no none sense. senses. Yeah. Um I I don't think this I, movie deserves seven percent. Like seven percent. You know how I feel like the twenty three percent that practical magic has is an affront and it deserves so much more? This deserves so much less, and it is such a low rated movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's really not much that's redeemable about it. Like, there's nothing enjoyable. So in addition to, I didn't what did I say no my one. first two complaints were? My first complaint was that you didn't let Robin Williams, Robin Williams. My second complaint was, I don't even remember. My third complaint, major complaint, is that this movie's boring. Like, it's just boring. It was a I, tight I 90 minutes. Not a tight 90 minutes. It was 90 minutes. There was so much fat to cut. <laughs> right. This but then there were things that you needed to 45. have added. You need to have added things. Yeah. Um, my final complaint is that this is a movie that is supposed to have taken place in Chicago, and I was did not suss that out until an hour in. I can suss out a Chicago. I mean, like, I, like my nose for Chicago is like up. Oh. Even when they literally, do Chicago, literally, even when they film it in- not in Chicago, like obviously this movie was filmed at Universal Studios, obvious, like or some studio, right. like. But uh, you know from the first frame of Happy Endings, which was filmed at yes not chicago that you're supposed to be in chicago it's like they haven't been a cubs hat in a northwestern shirt sometimes and then at one point he says like robin williams is like oh i'm listening to the baseball game and robin williams is like gotcha cubs don't play today well fuck you guy because maybe the white Sox are that's the other reason this movie is like racist and sexist chicago has two baseball teams jackass um i wrote in all caps there are two baseball teams in chicago um yeah but you know john again john krasinski has wrigley bro energy in this movie so it is to his wrigley bro character that he wouldn't acknowledge that chicago extends past downtown yes you he john krasinski's character in this movie never goes to the south side because he thinks he's going to be shot but hangs out in wrigleyville because he can commit the crimes he wants to and get away with them um, there's also weird race stuff going on in this movie. Um, so there's only one black character that and speaks, he sucks. And that's, it's, it's John Krasinski's best friend, who's best friend sucks. sucks and is maybe a pedophile. Um, but then there's anyway, it's his children and his wife. A gospel choir at the church. Um, they sing on a happy day, but Whoopi Goldberg's not there, so that's also a crime. I don't know. Um, all white, like all the all the parishioners are white. 
Like it's not even yes. like it's not even like a, a church with white people and black people no, intermingling. It's a white church with a black gospel choir. Using yeah, like they're props. They're just literally treated like props. And then their honeymoons in Jamaica, and we get lots of weird like white jokes people doing about Jamaican Jamaicans. Accents. White people doing Jamaican accents, white people making like weed jokes about Jamaican people. They keep um, saying they're at Sandals to the point where I'm like, did Sandals sponsor this? Or is this an inside joke? Because this is so officey about Michael. So like at one point in the office, like Michael takes a trip to Sandals, Jamaica, and he comes back from it and he's talking about like what a beautiful country Jamaica is, but he's clearly never left the resort. And Pam under her breath is like, it's actually kind of an impoverished country. And it seems like you never left the result like that's the joke right. of it is that michael's like jamaica is beautiful and here's what everyone does in jamaica they lounge around all day they play the steel drums they buy and pam is like no that's what they do at sandals this movie kept saying they're at sandals jamaica and doing the michael scott thing but not with the like self-awareness that they were joke, doing right scott. Yeah. like not without pam being like you're this is what you're saying is incorrect yeah yeah no it was weird it was so like uh, at an hour and 25 minutes when we finally have like some black people and they're either a choir or like there so people can make weird Jamaica jokes. I was just like, I, I gotta go to bed. I'm done. We're done with this movie. I cannot. 6 p.m. I'm done. That was like 11 something. Anyway. Oh, you should have watched it in the day. I said to Ben, I was like, I'm going to watch this movie in the middle of the day because it's going to be work and I don't, it's not going to be my like end of night relax, you know? Yeah. For that, we're watching somebody somewhere on hbo and i cannot recommend it enough what is why does that sound familiar what is it it's a bridget everett show on it's like uh produced by the duplass brothers and it's on Mm. hbo max and it's bridget everett who i really only know from her housewives commentary but she's also like an actress and a comedian and she does like i think like a cabaret-esque um show um, and she's very funny and the show is funny, but it's also very sad it's like she's living at home she like moved home to manhattan kansas although it is filmed in the suburbs of chicago mm-hmm. um to take care of her sister because her sister was dying of cancer and so the show starts like after her sister has dead and she's still there and sort of like why and it's like her sort of small life in the small town but she finds like this community and it's like her best friend is this guy she knew in high school who uh is gay and then they all they have this like community of like queer lovely people and a little found fa- she has like a little found family and then she's dealing with her own family oh it's very it's delightful and sweet i now that you're talking about it i've heard of it and i've heard people say like really good things about it um anyway that's what i watched to unwind yeah i will say it was better it's far better <laughs> the only Places time i laughed in this movie when was the when bloopers? It was over? Okay, so I I was gonna say like you know a movie's bad when the bloopers so there's a blooper reel at the end when the bloopers are funnier than the movie and I chuckled at the bloopers but even the bloopers weren't that funny. The bloopers it was just were like not... oh these people are having fun with each other maybe. Yes, the bloopers were not as good again not as good as I would ex- would expect for a Robin Williams movie although I did have the thought of how does anyone keep a straight face if you're working on a set with Robin Williams like you know maybe he knew it was so bad and he was he was phoning it in like maybe he wasn't very funny maybe. Anyway, this movie sucked. I don't recommend it. I will never watch it again. I really there hope you guys didn't watch it to listen to us talk about it. it. Um, this is maybe one of the worst movies we it's no, it's definitely one of the worst movies we've done for this podcast. It may it's be the worst. Be worse. What would you rather I mean, watch? This or all about Steve? We have I don't know. We haven't watched all about Steve. What was the one we watched? 
What was the one we watched? Failure to launch. I'm thinking of failure, failure to, to launch. launch. What would that you rather want to watch? Terrible. This or failure to launch? I think I'd rather watch failure to launch. I'd rather watch failure to launch. Yeah. It at least had like a more, more coherent story than this did. It wasn't a good story, but it was more, <laughs> more coherent than this. Uh, I mean, just trash and all around garbage. You know, I literally, if Robin Williams cannot save a movie, it's it's a trash movie. No, it's a, this is a garbage movie. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, what are we doing next? Next, we are watching. Not a trash movie, but it's not going to hold up. Next, we are watching High Fidelity, which I haven't seen since I was a teenager. I, I loved it as a... What? I haven't seen it in a long time. I loved it as a teenager. But did was I in my... I'm not it? like I'm not like other girls phase where I liked it because I wanted boys who hung out at record stores to like me. I don't know the answer to that. I'm excited to find out. Right. Yeah, no, I let's. Let's love, find out. I love Jack Black. Yeah, I love John Cusack and all his, his problematic mess. Watch with John Cusack. Um, oh, what's the John Cusack um, mini driver? Rom-com? Yeah. I don't know. But let's put it on the list. Oh, uh, we should because there's things to talk about. It's like he's a he's a he's a um he's a hired killer. Point blank. My internet working. Point blank. Thank you. Yeah. Gross point blank. Gross point blank. Gross yes. point blank. Because he's from Gross Point. Right. He's a hired killer. Point blank. Gross point blank. Um, that's not what we're doing. We're doing high fidelity. <laughs> well, we're doing high fidelity. So join us to find out if we actually like it or if we just thought we were supposed to. I can't wait. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait to uh, find out. How much of my high school opinions were based on the fact that I dated like emo record store boys probably so many how much time did i waste like not listening to pop music you know i um, said this the other day to ben i was like god it was what band was it i was like i listened to so much the postal shins. service it wasn't postal Kiki. service mm. oh my god which hold on you think i mean of yes it, to I'm all of this like i, I was gonna say bell and sebastian but i also really like bell and sebastian i think it was the shins like pretending to read Catch twenty two when I just wanted to read Bridget Jones' diary. Yahoo News when when Zoe Deschanel divorced Ben Gibbard, who is the f- lead singer for Death Cab to Cutie. Yahoo News wrote Deschanel filed for divorce from husband Death Cab, throwing him over for Cutie frontman Ben Gibbard in January. <laughs> Deschanel and Cab were married for a little more than three years, and Deschanel said that along with babies, dating was not a priority either. But Ben Gibbard is the lead. That doesn't make sense. Yes, no, Yahoo News, in I'm sure it was like AI or whatever, like thought that whatever headline they like sourced from, sourced from that said Zoe Deschanel divorces Death Cab for cutie frontman Ben Gibbard. They thought that meant that she divorced Death Cab and left him for or cutie, cutie frontman ben. ben Gibbard. <laughs> so, yeah, she's marrying a property my brother. Favorite, my favorite thing ever. I'm sorry that Zoe Deschanel got divorced, but in her sadness, we got that gem. She seems very happy with one of the property brothers. I couldn't tell you which one. All right. So join us next week for High Fidelity. We, what are we doing for our September Patreon? We haven't figured that out yet. We will let you know. No, we just decided. Little Italy. We're doing Little Italy for our September Patreon. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Bye.